Hello, everybody. Welcome to JT Media, episode 23. I'm Jack. And I'm Tommy. And there's been some pretty huge NFL news uh, these past couple days. Um, starting off with, we'll go from second to first to third on our list, Jack. Okay. Uh, that will make sense to anybody else, but that's what we're going to do. Uh, Lamar Miller tore his ACL. He is, of course, the Texans' starting running back. Yeah. This now leaves their depth chart leading off with Duke Johnson, who they just acquired from the Browns. Yep. And is also in a position where many are saying that uh, they're now in the market for trading uh, trading for a number one running back. Um, yeah, so it's Duke Johnson on their roster, who they just traded for. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are they? Do you think that they uh, are in the market for any of Melvin Gordon or as uh, Mike Clay of um, Mike Clay, who's an NFL reporter, put it? Uh, some guys that are potentially tradable for the Texans would be Elijah McGuire, Kenneth Dixon, Carlos Hyde, Corey Clement, or LaShawn McCoy. Do you think they're in the market for any of those players? Um, honestly, this close to the season, no. Um. It would be a help to them, but I they just traded for Duke Johnson Jr. from the Browns. He's gotten used to the Texans over this offseason a little bit. Um, and, and he was not a bad player for the Browns at all last year. And, yes, they're struggling now in the running back position, but I do believe he can fill that in, not to the, quite the same extent that Lamar Miller did, but to take some carries and be able to get a decent amount of yards. So I don't think that they want to bring in a brand new guy, just jam him into their system and just see what happens. I think they're going to stick with Duke Johnson Jr. And if it does go bad, maybe for a little bit. Uh, I, but as for right now, I think they're just going to stick to what they have because it's so close to the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think what we're forgetting about Duke Johnson is that he's been one of the most underrated running backs yes. in the years he's been in the NFL. Yes, He's consistently been on a roster, a Cleveland roster, that's been underperforming. I mean, the only time he's ever had a solid quarterback was last year. And that's when he did good. And then he was great in snaps he played, but was never actually the number one guy because Nick Chubb uh, was ahead of him. I think that Duke Johnson is now has, is a very, very, very strong breakout candidate. Yes. Um, It could get to the point where maybe week four, if he hasn't proven that he is a, you know, that kind of a player that can be your number one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, then, I, then I think that they try and trade for Melvin Gordon, if that holdout is still happening. I agree. I think they try and make a flashy move and just not let this season go away, especially as we go into our next news for this division. Uh, Andrew Luck. The, this is the big one. Yes, this is uh, the former quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Retired, uh, citing the fact that uh, consistent injuries and lack of progress on most of them had taken the joy from the game for him. Uh, he did win 2018 Combat Player of the Year after shoulder problems in the 2017 season. Um, he has been one of the most uh, consistent and promising quarterbacks um, and was one of both of ours. We had the Colts making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I believe you had them winning. I had them losing. Uh, and we both had Andrew Luck being strong MVP, a strong MVP candidate. Yeah. Um, I think 
I mean, of course, we both wished the best to him. Uh, he's, you could see, I watched that press conference that night. Um, he was very clearly conflicted about the decision he had to make. Yep. Um, internally, he's known as the nice guy of the NFL. Uh, and he made this decision because he thought, he thought that his team, and he smartly thought that his team, deserves someone that could go in and say, I'm committed to this team, and luck couldn't do that anymore. Um, and I think that's really oh, – I'm going to go on and take this a little bit of a detour of this news and kind of look a little bit deeper into it. This is mostly – we can mostly blame this on the fact that the Colts haven't had an actual offensive line until this season. Yep, 100%. Andrew Luck was cons- consistently being beat up. Um, and many are now pointing to the fact that players like Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, that they are all players that could end up following the same path of early retirement just because of the injuries they've been having. I think the difference is, is that Andrew, uh, Aaron Rodgers is already far enough into his career and he already has that chip on his shoulder that he wouldn't retire because of something like that. He would retire on his terms, not because of injury problems. Uh, which doesn't take anything away from luck. He made the right decision. He, If he wasn't committed to his team, he should retire, and that's what he did. He did a lot for that city and a lot for that organization. Um, I think the immediate booing from the fans was more a emotional reaction, and I, doesn't think, I don't think that reflects the attitude of the whole fan base. Um, but the difference is, is with the other players is that Cam Newton, I could definitely see it happening with. I think Cam Newton, it would be, he's just over it. Uh, he's had a lot of injury problems, obviously, going off in a walking boot in his last game after injuring his shoulder last season. I could see that happening. Uh, not this year, maybe the next or two years from now. Uh, Carson Wentz, though, I don't see it happening with just because his injuries have all been not, not in the same way as Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was consistently getting beat up. He was consistently just being destroyed by other teams' defensive lines. For Carson Wentz, it's been it was a soft tissue injury to his ACL. <coughs> excuse me, uh, off a play where he was scrambling out of the pocket and dove into the end zone. Uh, there's nothing that anyone could have done to avoid that. I think this is it could have been avoided had the Colts just followed the correct way of team, uh, which GM Chris Ballard has brought in as of recent. Uh, of getting an offensive line before you get that quarterback. Yep. Um, it's it's sad to see. He's a really promising player. Um, I hope one day we can see him as a coach. He'd be a brilliant coach. Uh, I don't see him coming back. I don't think he's going to come back out of retirement. Um, I mean, best of luck to him. Uh, thank you for giving us many, many, many good games and – uh, a good team this year to put analysis on. Um, yeah, Jack, you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, so um, I, a lot of the reports were coming out that it, it was mainly mental, which to 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 a point that is true. But I also think that, like you said, he's been dealing with injuries literally for four years straight now. He just can't get a break, um, and and that that take that takes a toll because you're you're injured, you have rehab. You're injured, you have rehab. Uh, and and it, it, you just can't keep that up. And Andrew Luck, it, that's definitely a 100% a fault of the uh, not getting an offensive line and stuff. And I, I don't know. But moving forward, I, I do agree with you. I think Andrew Luck would make a great coach. 
Um, and I, I just wish the best of luck to him. He, he, he had a great career. Like, he made an AFC championship game against the Patriots where he really shouldn't have with the team that he had. Uh, they just they had no offensive line. The, for, for a long time, the Colts organization was just trying to get wide receivers and skill team players to take after what Peyton Manning had um, with Reggie Wayne and all of those guys. Instead of, like you said, going to the offensive line, and getting those guys to hopefully, uh, you know, boost up Andrew Luck. Then <clears throat> by the time they got it, it was too late. Andrew Luck's hurt, and uh, he just can't can't continue his career. I, I also feel like a large part of this is that, and nobody's really talking about this, is Andrew Luck is a considerate person, and I think that he felt that he can no longer contribute to the team as well as he could. And I think that weighed heavily on his decision to retire, that he cannot contribute to the team like he could if he was fully healthy, and that bugged him. And I think that was a large part of his retirement as well, not being able to help the team to his best of his ability. Yes, and he mentioned that in his speech. Um, There was parts of it that, like you said, the major mainstream places aren't talking about. Um that he didn't think that he could continue to contribute. Uh, you were spot on with that analysis. He said it himself that that's why. And I think that's a valid reason. If he was over the game and he was mentally checked out, it was the right decision to leave the team in the spot that it is in. They are a, you have to remember Andrew Luck, well, this kind of ties into who are not the new favorites to win the IFC South for us. Cause you both had the Colts winning it. Yeah. Um, I don't, so this team still has a top three offensive line, uh, T.Y. Hilton and Devin Funches at receiver, Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle at tight end, Marlon Mack, who's a really good underrated running back. Yes. A solid defensive line, a solid secondary, uh, late, or not, uh, uh, Leonard at linebacker. I'm blanking on his first name right now. Um, they they still have a really solid team. And then at quarterback now, they have Jacoby Brissett, who the last time we saw him play was 2017, uh, when they were still terrible. Of course, Jacoby Brissett will not be able to live up to what Luck has done. And I now have the, the Colts not making the Super Bowl, which we'll get into uh, in our preseason, our post-preseason predictions. Uh, for the NFL, which will be coming out here in the next week and a half. Um, but it's um, the Colts are still in a really good spot. It's not the end of the world. They have Jacoby Brissett. They have Frank Reich, who we have to remember was the offensive coordinator that won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. He's in a position where he can – he's a offensive coordinator that's proven in the past, now a head coach, that he can build a system – to benefit the player most. He did it with Foles, and he did it with Foles uh, alongside Doug Peterson. Yeah. And he can do it for Jacoby Brissett. There have also been rumors that they'll trade for Nate Sudfeld, who is the Eagles' current injured backup. Um, And he could definitely be a piece to them after Frank Reich worked with him in Philly. Uh, it's it. They're not in a terrible spot. I still have them as my favorites to win the division. I think they win the division. I just think it's with a worse record and not as convincingly, and I think they're quicker out in the playoffs. But 
you have to look. I'm looking head to head. They are now they are now fourth or they now have the fourth or fifth best quarterback in that division. I definitely think that Jacoby Brissett is almost as good as Marcus Mariota. Or I guess it could eventually be Ryan Tannehill. I think Brissett is just as good, if not better, as those two guys. Um, worse than Nick Foles, I think, um, with the potential to be better, and definitely worse than Deshaun Watson. Marlon Mack um, is probably the most consistent running back in that division right now. Derrick Henry has had injury problems. Leonard Fournette is the same deal. Uh, when healthy, he's also the most tool threat out of any of those guys. I like him receiving more than I like Fournette or Henry. They have a top two receiving group. They have the best offensive line, the second best total defense behind the Jaguars, and they have the best head coach. Just basing the comparison to their division, they are pretty good. Um, Make it to the Super Bowl, and in your case, win it. In my case, just make it. They are not that good anymore. They do not have that veteran quarterback leadership with Andrew Luck, but they are definitely not going to miss the playoffs. This, the rest of their roster, their head coach, and their front office are too good to not miss the, to miss the playoffs. The season is not over. They are not going to tank and try and get Justin Herbert or Tua Tagovailoa. If they want either of those guys, they'll trade up to get him. <clears throat> I think they're like Jacoby Brissett. They have options to trade for young, good quarterbacks, and Nate Sudfeld, even Teddy Bridgewater from the Saints. Um. Jack, I'll let you give your take on the AFC South now. But, yeah, for me, it's I still have the Colts winning it just with a closer margin. Yeah, I have a similar mindset. If you look at their team, it's very it's, – it's pretty stacked. And that's why we had them going to the Super Bowl. Because if you look at the team, it's – plus Andrew Luck, it's a Super Bowl-ready team. It really is. Um, now you have a downgraded quarterback, definitely. Jacoby Percet, but I don't think he's that bad. He was right, molded and shaped by the Patriots. The Colts traded for him, and whenever he did play with the crappy Col- uh, Colts team in 2017, he did pretty decent. I think he threw. I can't. I can't remember, but it was like he one interception, like three touchdowns. So he was not terrible. He goes in there. He's been developing. He knows the Colts system. He's been there for a while. He's a solid quarterback, and I think. People are counting out the Colts, and I think they, they can catch people by surprise. I do think that they will win a lot less games, um, especially big games. I think they'll lose week one now to the Chargers. Um, but their team is too good to miss the playoffs, just like you said. And I'm really looking forward to what they see. One thing they are going to have to do, though, they're going to have to step up the defense a lot. Because if they have uh, any problems at offense, which they will originally, getting used to everybody, their defense needs to make up for that. So that's the only thing I would say that they need to get ready for. They might have a slow start, but I definitely think they're making the playoffs. Um, and then in second place, I honestly think that this helps my case for the Jaguars finishing in second in this division. Um, yes, it does. Because Lamar Miller, who is a crucial part of the Texans' offense, is out. And the Jaguars in the preseason, Nick Foles has been pretty good whenever he's played. Leonard Fournette's been healthy. They're looking pretty good. So – that's I'm staying with my predictions for the uh, AFC South as of now. Uh, Colts first and Jaguars second. Although I do definitely do think Colts drop off three, two or three games uh, instead yes. of finishing higher up. 
so I have Jacoby Brissett's stats here from 2017. Um, he only started 15 games that season. Uh, he did. He went four and 11. Uh, had a completion percentage of 58.8, which, considering how terrible that offensive line was, isn't bad. Uh, he threw for almost 3,100 yards, uh, 13 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Not completely terrible, considering that he was alone in that, that offense his first besides year there, too. That was his first year there. Right. It's and even with that, his quarterback rating, uh, sorry, yes, quarterback rating was a forty-one point five. Um, yeah, his. I'm sorry. His quarterback rating was an eighty-one point seven QBR, forty-one point five, um, and that's not that bad. It's not. If you look at some of those other guys, it's it's just not that terrible, and especially now that he's in a system where he is set up to be successful. I can see the Colts maybe making the uh, division round, the second round of the playoffs this year. And I think that's probably about it. I think that's their ceiling with Jacoby Brissett. Um, but you can see Dak Prescott when he gets, when he's in a good system. Um, Jacoby Brissett, I think, has more potential than Dak Prescott. I agree. Uh, you saw what Blake Bortles did with that Jaguars offense. It wasn't even that good. And Blake Bortles is terrible. I mean, I don't think this is the end of the world for the Colts. I think it definitely ham- lowers their ceiling and uh, hampers their chances for, su- for success these next three or four years. But I definitely think that this is a um, – it's not the end of the world, but it's definitely, uh, like I said, lowering of their ceiling. Yep. I think it helps, like you said, I think it helps the Jaguars, especially with the Lamar Miller injury. Um, I would argue the Texans might end up being better off with Lamar Miller out because Lamar Miller isn't that much of a receiving threat. Uh, They now have Duke Johnson, who has never really been given a chance. But the Texans do have a terrible offensive line. The Jaguars have an excellent one. I think that matchup goes to the Jaguars. I also think that the... um, matchup with the Colts may now also go in the Jaguars' favor just because I like the Jaguars' defense more. And they could probably punish <coughs> an inexperienced quarterback. Um, I think this made that retirement and Lamar Miller injury made this division a lot closer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still – we're not even talking about the Titans, uh, the Titans either. I think that their ceiling is hampered just with the fact that they have – Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill, who have both underperformed uh, in their careers. But they're not even that terrible. So I think this it could be a division open. where, right, it's wide open. We'll, we'll get more into it again uh, with our next NFL predictions, like I said. But, yeah, I think that pretty much concludes the uh, NFL segment for tonight. Yep, that'll work. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're on to the soccer section. Um, Griezmann played his second game for Barca yesterday, uh, filling in for both Suarez and Messi, who were sort of injured and resting on the sidelines. He scored two goals in Barcelona's 5-2 to two win over Real Betis. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I think that it's awesome. I think it proves that Barcelona should have made this move. I think most people agreed with them. But this pretty much, so far, his form has silenced any uh, doubters. Yeah. 
I, I, I 100% agree. Uh, if you, and, and I think it's also good just for the morale of the team. Uh, Suarez and Messi are seeing that he wants to be a part of their team, even though he was a part of Atletico Madrid and he's in, he's all in and he's, he's celebrating with them. He's scoring goals and they're having a good time. And I think, I think it's great for them. And I think that um, their team is looking really bright for this upcoming season, despite their loss in week one. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely think that, um, especially last game uh, where he scored two goals and got an assist against Matisse. I think that really is, like you said, uh, pumping up some morale, especially with the injuries to Suarez and Messi. Um, I think that it's just all in all about proving that it was a good move and that um, a, it was also a worthwhile move <coughs> for Barcelona. Yeah. So moving on, will Neymar get a transfer done in this transfer window? Mm. Jack, why don't you give your opinion on this first? Okay. Uh, I'm going to say no. I don't think they will. I think next transfer window they will. Um, yes. Yep. I just I, I don't think that they have the money right now. or You know what? They do. But I just don't think PSG realize how good the offers they are getting are right now. I think that they are kind of overlooking, oh, look, we can just get Dembele and whatever, but we want the money. I think they're going to realize come the start of the season how important and crucial those young players are to their team. Uh, even if they get Rakitic, who's a leader, he's not young, but he's he, you know he's been around, he's, he knows uh, what he's doing. And also, just how, how much they need it. Mbappe and Cavani both got injured in their opening game. Now, they're minor injuries, but they're huge to the team because they're going to miss a week or two. Having those players to back you up means that instead of having one Neymar, you're having two or three lesser Neymars on your team to balance things out. And I think that that's worth it. Not saying that they play like Neymar or anything. I'm just saying that they have two or three other more reliable players on their team. Plus, their fans want Neymar Neymar gone. Neymar wants to leave. It's just kind of like an awkward experience right now. It's just, I think it's a matter of when it will get done, not will it get done. So, that's, I think this is mostly a coin flip. I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to go with that he does end up getting moved um, by the 31st just because of the situations you were talking about where it's going to be cut close, but there is, I think especially the Dybala offer from Juventus, I think that's pretty enticing. And eventually they'll also realize that right now is when he'll have peak value. Yeah. Well, I think by holding on to him this season – they are putting unnecessary risk in this asset that they have in Neymar. What if he ends up getting hurt again? Then that that value that he has to other teams is going to tank. What if he has a terrible season? What if something happens off the field and boom, value tanked again? Like it's there's so many risks, especially surrounding Neymar with the injuries in the past, some of the off the field stuff. I mean, all of that, and considering the fans want him gone, and you're getting hefty offers from Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus. Yeah. It's <clears> – <throat> with Real Madrid, um, Real Madrid isn't getting giving up quite as much as Barcelona and Juventus uh, because Neymar wants to go there. Uh, but I don't think he'll go to Barcelona just because PSG doesn't want to feel like they lost that move. It's a pride thing more than anything else. I agree. I could definitely see Juventus 
Um, I personally would try and force a move to Real Madrid or Barcelona if I was Neymar. But Juventus would immediately make them Champions League content- final contenders more than they already are. Yep. Uh, him and Ronaldo would be excellent um, in that system. Assuming they give up the, uh, the ball. Uh... <coughs> oh, coughs today. Yeah, so I'm going to go with end of the um, transfer window. It'll be close to a deadline day transfer. Um, but that would be cutting it close for sure. Yeah. So, lastly, um, some crazy Premier League games yesterday, or, you know, this past match day. Liverpool beat Arsenal 3-1, another thumping at Anfield. Newcastle somehow beat Tottenham. Uh, We're just going to go over the standings, and these standings basically mean nothing at this point. But it does give you a bit of a glimpse into what it's going to be like going forward and how teams form, how forms for the teams are going. So we'll mm-hmm. just stop. We'll just go. Uh, you want to go bottom to the top? Is that good? Yeah, let's do that. Cool. And 20th is Watford. Watford, zero points. Only team on zero points. Um, they've been horrible so far. Yes, they have. They've been, like, bad, bad. Yeah. Um, and, they've yeah. only scored one goal. Yeah. I, through I, three games. I expect it. And usually some teams will start off bad and get catch on. <laughs> I expect Watford to be one of those teams because I just think that their roster is too good to be finishing, especially right now, dead last. Maybe they'll be a little lower than most seasons, but I do think they'll regain some. In in 19th, a team that's expected to finish here is Newcastle sitting on three points. Their only three points have actually come off an upset against Tottenham. Uh, Right. They're all over the place right now. They're, they're, they've actually looked okay for their circumstances. They've played tough teams. They look okay. I just don't think they're – they're just not the Newcastle they could have been. You're right. If they kept Rafa Benitez, I don't think they'd be in this current bottom-of-the-table situation. Yeah. In 18th is Southampton. Not much to say here. I mean, they've been okay. Uh, I'm, they're sitting on three points right now. A lot, there hasn't really been too terrible of a team yet. Um, I just think South, Southampton might are going to be like one of those fringe relegation teams, like they usually are. Right. Definitely. Uh, yeah. In seventeenth, Norwich City on three points. They have been really impressive to me. I know they lost again, but they the three teams they have played is Liverpool, then Newcastle, then Chelsea. Pookie has scored. Five goals already this season. Um, they they have they're one of the top scoring teams in the Premier League. They just have played two of the top teams in the Premier League and almost tied against Chelsea. And then whenever they did play a, a team that's around their level in Newcastle, they destroyed them. I think my prediction about Norwich is going to come true. I think they're going to be a higher mid table team. Just the way they're they're stringing passes together, they're not afraid to go at these big level teams, and it's working so far. Yeah, you're 100% right there. Uh, I'm going to take it over from here. Go so, ahead. Aston Villa in 16th on three points. Um, kind of not much to say about here, sort of like Southampton. Um, lower down in the table, like was ex- like it was expected. Um, and not quite a lot. Uh, and next is Wolves um, in 15th on, it looks like, three draws so yep. far. Um, that's interesting. I expected Wolves to be higher up so far this season. Uh, definitely off to a slower start. But to be fair, they are 
you know, I guess it'd be a total of three goals away from being top of the table. Uh, so it's not the end of the world. Uh, only having three points looks bad, but when you realize that it's off of three really close games, I don't think it has as much um, panic, yeah. panic alarms as a team that only has one win and two losses. Yeah, especially early in the season. Right. Uh, as we continue to move up the table now, it is West Ham in 14th on four points off a win and draw. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting that they're this low um, as it stands. Um, but once again, they're just kind of off to a slow start, and you can't really put a lot of stock into these teams just as yet, except for Watford, because they've been terrible. Um, in 13th is Chelsea, surprisingly, off of four points, um, a goal and a draw in their last two games. Uh, starting to pick up form a little bit. They still have seven goals scored against them, but they are slowly moving up the table and are actually West Ham and Chelsea are tied for fifth. So yeah, it's uh, only off of goal difference that they are that low, but it's just because they lost for nothing to Man United that first week that they are in the current situation they are in. Uh, continuing up now, we're just going to go quick fire through most of these teams. Um, Everton in 12th on also four points. Bournemouth in 11th also on four points. Crystal Palace, who just beat Man United on in 10th on four points. Crystal Palace. Sheffield, Sheffield United, um, who is in 9th, surprisingly. I predicted them to finish 20th. They're going to drop off. They're going to drop yep, off. They will. Uh, they actually have, it looks like, close to the same recent form as Manchester United, which is just brilliant. Yeah, uh, Sheffield United. How it's going over there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sheffield United in ninth on four points. Brighton in eighth, also on four points. Tottenham in seventh. Guess how many points they have, Jack? Four points. Oh, good job. Woo. You're so smart. That's crazy. Burnley in sixth in the first Europa League spot on quattro points. Manchester United. Woo! We're top five Europa League. Let's go. Yep. Um, is in fifth on four points. We've scored six goals, which is good. Third most in the Prem. Yeah. There you um, go. Also lost yeah, to Crystal Palace. So, uh, also lost on. to Crystal Palace. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's um, it's a sad time to be a United fan. But Daniel James has looked good. So yes, that's he has. I'll give happy. That. Yay. In, clap. in fourth is Leicester City, sitting on five points. Uh, they've had – I think they've had easier opponents – They've looked good against those easier opponents, but once they start playing the big six, Everton, Wolves, they're going to start to drop off a little bit. You mean the big five, Man United doesn't count anymore. That is true. Um, or, you know, maybe Wolves fills that big six spot or something. Mm. You know, it's Wolves and Everton now because Chelsea's off too. They're not even – okay. Um, yeah, true. Uh, anyways, then in third, Arsenal, their attack just looks fantastic. The only, the only game they've looked poor in is against Liverpool, and that's just because of their – Insane defense with Van Dyke. Um, uh, this is the highest. This is the highest Arsenal will be all season. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, you know that's probably true actually. Because yeah, but anyways, Pep Nicholas Pepe has looked really good. Aubameyang good as ever. They need to start playing Lacazette. I don't know why he's on the bench. Uh, as soon as he came in against the Liverpool game, he changed it. Um, that was that was a mistake. Anyways, in second, Manchester City sitting on seven points. Ooh. They could have been tied for first with Liverpool, but VAR denied them a goal against Tottenham. And, and this early in the season, this just shows how 
tight of a title race it's going to be because it's literally match week three, and a point is so crucial already to the end where it's going to be not match week 34 so or 38. So it's crazy to think, but uh, it's every point is crucial in this title race. Um, and then in first, my Liverpool sitting on nine points, the only team that's gone three and O so far. Uh, nine goals scored, three goals allowed. Uh, I think they've they've looked pretty well actually so far. Um, a little shaky, a little sloppy at defense, but that just comes from playing a lot of games. Um, I think overall we're looking really good. We're we're going for that uh, Premier League title this season. Hopefully we get it. Quiet hippie. <laughs> All right, Man United's in fifth. We're probably going to finish seventh. I'm okay with that. I've come to terms with being bad. Just got to get used to it. Yeah, being an Eagles fan, I'm used to disappointment. So just, just set your expectations low, and then if they exceed them, you know, it's a win. Right. And meanwhile, your team is perfect and looking amazing and probably going to win the treble. And We've had our dark yeah. days, too. Don't, don't, don't worry. Well, I mean, you're Liverpool, so. Yeah. I mean, the name pretty much says it all. You're named after a disgusting food. We'll, we'll probably choke it before the end of the season. Anyways. <clears throat> Let's not remember that. Um. Anyways, so yeah, uh, <laughs> depression sits in. Anyways, yep. Um, moving on, some quick UFC stuff, just Ooh, really fun. quick. Um, uh, UFC is in China. If you're awake for this, uh, congrats, because the prelims start at three a.m. in the morning. Uh, what? <laughs> so why set that to DVR? Because Jesus. it's in China. They, I don't so, anyways, in the main events. Starting the main card starts at 6 a.m. on ESPN Plus. Jessica Andrade defends her title against Wheelie Zhang, or however you pronounce that. I don't know. I'm just going to say Wheelie. Wheelie Zhang. Yes, Zhang. I, I, how can I not say that? Uh, Zhang. And uh, yeah, so that's the main event. That's what I'm going to be talking about because the rest of the card is not that great. Um, so Jessica Andrade obviously beat Nami Yunus for the title uh, in her last fight. Zhang is a good fire, a really good fire. She hasn't lost since 2013. Doesn't have a lot of UFC uh-huh. experience and not a lot of power compared to Andrade. So due to that fact, I'm saying Andrade, and this is actually an upset. Zhang is the favorite, especially being in China and everything. But I'm saying Andrade defends her title by a knockout round three due to those factors. But really anything can happen in this fight because, you know, it's fighting. Wait, okay, so I have a question. Um as a not very avid UFC fan. Okay, go ahead. Okay, this is a title fight, correct? Yes. Why are they having it as a fight night then? So, this is... They do this for any title fight that is not pay-per-view level. This fight would not sell for pay-per-view. Okay, fair enough. That's why they're having it on it. Yeah. That's why they're having it on in the early morning. In China? Yeah. Okay, got right. it. I think that about um, does it for JT Media 23. Yes, it does. Thanks for listening to JT Media, your podcast for the latest in sports. Thank you.